The following is a production of Rutgers Global. Welcome to Rutgers Around the World, the podcast with the finger on the pulse of all things global at Rutgers. Today we hear from Dr. Karen Lin, a family doctor from Rutgers Robert Wood Johnson Medical School. Originally from Taiwan, Dr. Lin came to the United States for medical school and now serves as the Assistant Dean for Global Health, is a member of the Recruitment Committee, and Faculty Advisor for the Medical School. In this episode of Rutgers Around the World, Dr. Lin talks about her experiences as a medical professional and her many roles within the global community. Thank you for joining us, Dr. Lin. So how long have you been at Rutgers? So it started when I come for graduate school. And then it's uh, my study for medicine. And then um, my uh, three years of family medicine residency training. And then I become faculty for about 27 years. Can you describe some of your roles at Rutgers for us? So I have multiple roles at Rutgers. Um, One is assistant dean for global health at uh, Rutgers Rubble Johnson Medical School. I am also the previous program director for residency program training, and now is still the core faculty and uh, on the recruitment committee to train the family medicine residents. I'm also the faculty advisor for many student groups, including the Promise Clinic and the Medical Mentoring uh, Elective, Complementary and Integrative Health, the um, Physician for Right, and then also the Asian Pacific American Medical Student Association. So it's multiple roles for the resident and for the students. And uh, I'm also the uh, medical director for one of the Mandela Fellowship Institute uh, program. Tell us about your journey from Taiwan to Rutgers. I graduated from National Taiwan University in Taiwan and then come here to um, environmental science, get my master's degree. And then um, my husband come at the same time. And then after the master's degree that he continued to do the PhD program. After he finished the PhD, then I start to do the medical school. After the medical school that uh, I have my three-year training of family medicine residency here and then become the faculty. And the reason we stay here, so the transition was pretty exciting at the time that we live at the Stonia Hall on College Avenue and which is a dorm for all the um, graduate students. We met a lot of international students there too. So we ate at uh, Commons Dining Hall, study at Alexander Library, and watched TV to improve our English at the student center across the street. And then there is an international student center just a few blocks away. So we took campus bus to Cook Campus for our classes. And so everything is just in the immediate walking distance. And then um, later on, that we um, have our first daughter, Angela, who was born actually when we live in Nico's apartment on Bush campus. So New Jersey has become our home. And so uh, we just never left.
What medical and study abroad programs have you worked with? You probably know that before 2013, uh, medical school is separate from the legacy Rutgers University. And so that our Office of Global Health was like pretty in like elementary stage. And then um, at the time, you know, I was arranging the, our medical student to do global health elective during the summer um, abroad or sometimes invite the faculty to come over here. So starting 2011, I have been involved with the global health office. And then after the medical school and Rutgers University merged in 2013, that I actually um, got to expose to the leadership of the Rutgers Global Today. At the time, it's the Center for Global Advancement and uh, International Affairs. So I start to learn that Rutgers actually have a lot of MOUs with a different institution all over the world. And so it gives us opportunity to travel with the faculty of Rutgers and then able to develop program with the um, medical school or a health science institution. And so at the time that also uh, in Asia, like uh, China or Indonesia, they all recognize the need to develop um, primary care. What we call family medicine here is actually relatively new over there because over there is more of a subspecialty care. And so since the government, they all want to learn about this. And at the time, I was the program director for family medicine residency. So it's natural that I was able to share my experience in medical education and strategies with them. So I was able to develop some program there. Can you talk about your involvement with the Mandela Washington Fellowship? So the Mandela Washington um, Fellowship, some of you might know, is actually started by President Obama. And so that's invited the young leadership from sub-Sahara countries in Africa uh, to come to the United States. Uh, I remember the very beginning is probably less than 20 uh, university got involved, now is more involved. So Rutgers, in the beginning, we host about 25 fellows, and now it's 50 fellows. They divide into two groups, one is civic leadership group, and the other one is business entrepreneur. And so, as you can imagine, um, one of the most difficult things to encounter for the international travelers is when they get sick. So. They feel the need that, you know, either it's outpatient care or the inpatient care needs somebody can um, oversee the whole thing. So I become to work with them since 2015. They usually stay at Rutgers for five weeks and then go to Washington, D.C. for one week. And so um, it's never a dull moment that start, you know, either it's um, losing the teeth or pregnancy-related problems. And then one year, we even have somebody who had the, um, the fracture. So we actually have to coordinate with the healthcare team in Washington, D.C. to make sure that this person uh, can have all the visiting nurse and everything. Can you tell us about the Health Passport Project? So in 2017, I received um, 
a seed grant from Rutgers Global Institute. And uh, so one of the medical students who just graduated this year, that Aisha um, Van Pratt Levin, that uh, because her uh, personal experience when she grew up in Tijuana, Mexican, they actually have this um, program, like uh, um, that a little booklet, and then we'll have um, everything recorded, and it's easier for them to communicate with family member, caretaker, or even the healthcare providers. And my hope is we can continue with this and then um, provide to beyond the people for a Promise Clinic, and a lot of people in New Brunswick area probably can benefit from this little booklet. So what is the Hip Hop Promise Clinic and how did it start? The Hip Hop Promise Clinic uh, actually is a student-run free clinic and um, about 13 years ago actually started with a, uh, medical students. They did a community need assessment and at the time the client of Elijah Promise, which is a soup kitchen a few blocks from here, that uh, because they are mostly homeless and they don't have health insurance, so they don't go to the doctor on a regular basis. And then whenever there's a problem, they'll just go to the emergency room. So in the past, the program director told me that they often just see ambulance come every week. And then since there's this need, so this student-run free clinic was established then. And so the medical school actually sponsor all the medication, all the tests, all the things, so it's free to the, um, the people in need. Inside, since it's a student-run, besides myself as a faculty advisor, we also have Dr. Eric Zhang, who is a senior associate dean for community medicine that we help to supervise. And every, we open every Thursday evening from 5.30 to 8.30. And then uh, we provide continuity care. So the difference between this and the emergency room is one patient will be followed by the same medical student for four years when they are here. And each team doctor has one first year, one second year, one third year, one fourth year. So the third and fourth year medical student, they have the responsibility of teaching the first and second year. Every month, we also have um, a free eye screening because for the people that have diabetes or if they have hypertension, they tend to have problem with the eyes. And so we also try to take care of if they have a dental problem. And then I also have several different kind of grant that sometimes can offer them to have um, vaccine for uh, influenza and for pneumonia. I don't know that, you know, the people probably take for granted when we have insurance. So one flu shot, you know, we give that every year, start from September to March. And each shot, it's about more than $35. And then anyone over the age of 65, they all need to receive um, two different kind, type of uh, pneumonia vaccine and each vaccine costs more than $100. So it's really impossible to do, to practice preventive medicine for this population. So um, that's why we, even this uh, health 
passport program have some of the budget uh, set aside to provide the vaccine. Are there any formal relationships with National Taiwan University and Rutgers? I believe Rutgers Global, there are 250 uh, MOUs. One of them, they signed with uh, National Taiwan University. So their student actually uh, will come here and our student will go there. So there are the formal program. What kind of medical training programs have you conducted with Rutgers? Like I say, Rutgers University, they have very robust study abroad program already. And our medical school is just catching up. But I have found that there is advantage when I learn from the Rutgers Global. So wherever they go, if I happen to be with them, then we'll develop program with the uh, medical school. There are people want to come here to have trainings. And so, so far we have trained the uh, global geriatrics because there are more people, they want to develop long-term care facility or nursing home assistant living. And so I have had training for the administrators, uh, the doctors, and then just at the end of last year, we have training for the nurses and then I work with the School of Nursing. And then, um, so they stay here for three months. And this is a training because in China, most of the nurses are trained to work in acute hospital setting. And so there is no formal training for the people they work in uh, long-term facility. So uh, they come here for that training. If you had to pick, which role would you say is your favorite? I'm still a family doctor. So, you know, it's the Rutgers Medical School's mission that we provide clinical care, we do education, and we do the community outreach, and we do scholarly projects. So consider that the school's four pillars of our mission, I really enjoy that I am able to uh, coordinate all these roles. For example, when I provide care, the good care to my patient and with patient they really um, appreciate that and they also learn my role to got involved with the community so sometimes I was able to motivate them to also help me with the community role when I supervise them all those wonderful program is not all come from my idea it's a student brainstorm so when I have my educators role I also can enjoy to working with them on the scholarly project. So really this is all intertwined. I think that compared to the physician who is not in the academic setting, I think that uh, I really have a much more rich experience. In a global perspective, how do you think the world sees Rutgers? So I think the personal relationship is important. That's how I was able to develop many programs that they used to send people to those um, you know, Ivy League schools. And, and then now they recognize that when they come here, we actually can design, uh, tailor the program to their needs. And it, they are not just observing, even when the um, the medical student come here to take a global health elective that I really designed to, uh, it's not they are just following me like a shadow. And so the personal relationship is important. And I think Rutgers Global can really um, 
cultivate this personal relationship. And then obviously Rutgers give us a good platform. And then so when they provide opportunity for the the faculty to go outside to explore, we can bring those into here. So um, believe it or not, many places like at, in Taiwan, there's um, Rutgers Alumni Association. In China, there's Rutgers Alumni Association. So Rutgers is a comprehensive university and um, you know, in all their areas. So people start to recognize. And that's why last year, this year, we have a lot of requests come from biotech, um, the university corporate partnership and stuff like that. So we, we should really um, utilize and expand our uh, specialty here. If you could improve anything about Rutgers, what would you say that would be? We would do more training program to train the trainers, and then we will bring, nowadays with the telemedicine, we can offer more to the people outside. They don't have to all come here, and even for teaching, we can do the web ads, stuff like that. And so I think there are still a lot of work to do. Also, that's where we can learn from others, because when they come to this country, they probably want to see the most advanced technology. But there's something sometimes is missing because in other country, you will find out they have a money to buy all the machine, all the equipment, but they don't necessarily have the patient center medicine training. And so whenever we are doing training here or for people outside, I always emphasize that because the human factor is still important. And so to me, I feel I still have a lot, you know, I can still contribute to the uh, medical education for the resident and the medical student. Thank you to Dr. Lin for sharing her experiences with us. For more information on Dr. Lin's story, be sure to visit our website at global.ruckers.edu. That's all for this episode of Rutgers Around the World. Join us next time as we discuss all things global with members of the Rutgers community. Thanks for listening.